Welcome to the DevReady podcast where we're helping non-techs build better tech. Today we're joined by Ahmed, who's the founder and CEO of Yobi. Um, he'll tell you all about it, but uh, it's touching right in the, the space of AI and how we can set up potentially digital clients for us to help with sales, communications, and channeling everything into one place from a business perspective. I mean, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate you coming on all the way from the US. What part of uh, the US are you in? Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm uh, coming to you from Los Gatos, California, which is in Silicon Valley, so like a suburb of San Jose. No, brilliant. Okay. Right in the thick of things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very nice to come from there. So it's your afternoon there. It's our morning here in Melbourne, but yeah, really appreciate you coming on and joining us today and sharing your story. So. I mean, can you take us a little bit back? We'd love to find out about uh, founders, their experience. Where, how did you sort of start in the world of obviously some really AI-driven product? When did you start in AI? I started out pretty early. I worked on the DARPA Grand Challenge, which led to the self-driving cars. Uh, if you're in America, especially if you're in things like that, you know, a lot of people uh, can tell how old I am by that. Because DARPA Grand Challenge has been a second iteration of that that had nothing to do with self-driving cars. But yeah, self-driving cars, um, and it sounds a lot more grand than uh, than it is because I remember the team at Cornell, you know, we had a hard time getting the car out of the garage, essentially. <laughs> but now pushing out the garage. Around, you know, it's like, it's pretty fascinating to watch the progress of AI uh, being in the field myself. Yeah. Uh, then worked uh, for the Department of Defense. We were doing artificial intelligence for unmanned aerial vehicles for a bit. That was really cool. Um, uh, not not nearly as killer drone-ish as it sounds. Uh, this is very rudimentary AI. Uh, and then uh, actually made, uh, uh, you know, built my previous startup on uh, marketing, but using artificial intelligence to figure out uh, which marketing calls were converting to clients for dentists, a very specific application of AI mm. that made me a multimillionaire, uh, mm. a bootstrap yeah. company too. So oh, wow. the, yeah. you could be like very important, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That niching piece. I think a lot of people who start in the world of technology, maybe go too broad and yeah. can we solve one problem for one well, customer for a business? It's, it's mm. uh, like necessary to niche, but more probably mm. more so in AI. If you can have that very specific domain that you're training and testing on, it's going to be a lot easier to get a result. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and just in general in business, right? Uh, if you have if you have expertise in something, where you automatically uh, count out ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the world that can potentially be your competitor, it's hard. It's like it's hard to not succeed there because there aren't that many other people competing with you. Um, so in AI, of course, there's a lot more attention now, but even, even with all the attention, even with all the AI that's happening around here, there aren't a whole lot of people that actually know, you know, what to do and how to build it and how to deliver it. I agree. It's very early. And I think a lot of people are scrounging, sort of pick up the pieces, especially people in tech, trying to understand what to do with it. But if you've been around that for 20 plus years, you obviously a a great base of um, expertise beyond what's just available from an API. Yeah, and that's a real AI <laughs> expert, not a uh, ChatGPT expert with seven years of experience after since it's launched in December. As I've seen a lot of people on LinkedIn recently have said. So that experience of being in in the world of successful startup of, sounds like you've you've done quite well. Maybe had an exit. 
What has that taught you about going into a, a new business or starting again in the world of Yobi? So, um, for uh, for being a geek to turning mm-hmm. to a business person, I think that's a that's a pretty crazy transition. Also, those overlaps uh, in mm-hmm. itself um, gives you an extraordinary you know uh, edge against your competitors. I, I really shouldn't say against your competitors; those are just the words, right? Uh, because in reality, what I've realized over the years is the race is against yourself because I have not seen very many companies get crushed by outside factors so much as they get crushed by inside factors. Most of my own failures have been because of my own failures, you know, uh, it's oftentimes hubris. (laughs) So the first few, first few times when you stumble and, uh, you know, and then you realize like, Hey, don't, don't do these really silly things. So uh, let me tell you this. Uh, I worked at a bunch of startups that were really great um, and I did very well. Uh, and then I wanted to start my own company. Uh, and I accidentally stumbled on the idea for my startup because my de- uh, my friend who is a dentist, um, he was basically getting a lot of phone calls. He didn't know where they were coming from. And he was paying $3,000 a month to Yellow Pages. Which, oh, wow. Wow. Uh, which to me was very, very offensive as a geek. It's like you're, spe- mm. you're spending money on this book, uh, 3000 per month. And I just wanted to prove to him that he was, you know, he was not so smart, except I didn't use nice words. <laughs> I just wanted to prove to him that he was wrong for doing this. So I rolled up the solution asterisk that recorded all the inbound calls from his yellow pages and from all of these other sources like AdWords. Mm-hmm. And I inadvertently stumbled onto the, onto marketing attribution for dentists. I go back to him and I go after three months, over a thousand calls recorded, I listened to it. And this is how you know I'm really a geek dedicated to insulting a friend, you know, writing code so I can do this. <laughs> and I go sit down <laughs> and show this, uh, show this to him and I say, see, you're a horrible human being for contributing to global warming and everything else. Uh, he looked at the data, it's irrefutable. After a thousand phone calls, only 56 of them were from, from Yellow Pages. And he got, effectively. Yeah, and he yeah. got less than uh, six patients out of it. Oh, so wow. okay. that was, those are very expensive patients, whereas AdWords mm-hmm. was doing great. Mm-hmm. So here's the hubris part. So I do this, he turns around, he goes, uh, great, you'll be my marketer. And I was very offended by the fact that he called me that. <laughs> uh, and I took a, you know, but I had channeled my inner Steve Jobs and then I said, okay, what do I get? And he's like, I'll give you all the money that I do for my marketing. You get this, you know, $6,000 a month immediately. So mm-hmm. I hired somebody online who actually still works for me. Um, I hired somebody online to basically take the system and say, look at the things that are working, put more money towards that and left. like really, you know, brainless uh, type stuff. But, and then uh, a few months later, he talked to some more friends and at a Thanksgiving party, I know you guys are from Australia, so Thanksgiving, November turkeys. Yeah, yeah we hear about Thanksgiving. I mean, we experience one, but we hear about it. We watch plenty of movies, don't we? So at Thanksgiving party, two other dentists asked me the same. I was like, will you be my marketer? And I'm like, oh my God, this guy's been telling people about this. You know, there goes my reputation. But they offered me money also. So now I have three people paying me. I have over, you know, uh, I'm definitely making over $10,000 a month. Uh, and I haven't quit my previous job. 
and I have. Ah, so this is all on the side. This is right. It's all on the side because this is you know, this is not quite befitting of my capability of how badass of an engineer I am. So I'm sitting there talking to the person who manages it for me. His name is Chris. He's an awesome guy. And I say, Chris, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what kind of uh, startup I should build, you know. And I'm like recounting all the all the experiments. And he's really funny. He goes, Sir, I feel like most people would consider having ten thousand dollars a month in revenue as a business. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a great yeah. starting point with three clients. And I had no, no time I had, at all. I was like, I had no comeback. I go, wait, he's right. The only reason I don't think this is a business is because it's just, you know, I built it's not the pocket that you expected to be in, right? Sometimes we can stumble into things that um, are a little bit unexpected, and then we have to get attuned to. Okay, this is different, so we feel uncomfortable. We, we don't feel like you're not a marketer. That's what yeah. you came in from, but you're coming in from a data-led market. Yeah, the software play, very different data. play. Um, but you're getting your head around that would have been challenging because you're a deep tech guy, and I get that. Yeah. Right. Also, I didn't tell my friends for the longest time. I was afraid, like, I'd get ostracized. You know, like, everybody was saying, "Oh, I thought you were actually intelligent." But <laughs> the spite joke project actually worked. Yeah. <laughs> so that was how you started your first business. I like yeah, it. That was that's, a, that's, a, that's a very weird story. I've never heard anything along those lines. So the problem was, one of your friends was spending way too much on Yellow Pages ads. So you tried to really understand where his leads were coming from, and then in the end found that most of them were coming from Google Ads. Only five percent, I think, it was from Yellow Pages. Right. And then he basically handed over his his money for his marketing to a, a technical guy, <laughs> and then you went off and running. <laughs> and we optimized for yeah. it, right? And uh, as we optimized for it, we helped him. Uh, so on average, we helped each one of our dentists um, make like four hundred thousand dollars a year like normalized, not, not every single one, but on average, mm -hmm. some of them actually made more than a million dollars more than they were making before, uh -huh. just mm -hmm. with this tiny little piece of information. And this is something e-commerce sites use all the time. It's just, you know, cost per acquisition, figuring out cost per yes. acquisition, lowering it and, you know, increasing the number of customers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, putting your attention to where they're actually buying from. And that was the early days of what was going. What year was this when you started this business? 2012. Okay, yeah, so it's, still, early. it's still early. Yeah, exactly. you got into So I yeah. think around 2010 yeah. is when I mm -hmm. the, yeah. the story Sorry. happened, right? Mm -hmm. And by 2012, um, mm -hmm. I remember um, my my third, fourth kid was born. Um, mm -hmm. Right around when Congrats. my fourth kid was born, I, I just you know I just was like, hey, this is the perfect time to jump off and yeah, you know, try well entrepreneurship <laughs> and whatnot. <laughs> Great time. Four, four kids, let's jump into a business. Yeah. It was generating revenue. So making money, tick. though. You're not yeah, starting yeah. from scratch. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. That's a, that's a great story. I've never heard anything along those lines. How long were you in that business for? So I sold that company in 2018, um, at the end of 2018, because I'm not a marketer. Uh, another yes. dental marketing company bought it. But um, the key, I learned a lot of lessons, like going from being just an engineer to understanding, uh, hey, the real opportunities are at the intersection of engineering and business. So if there's that much information locked up in just the marketing calls, mind you, we didn't analyze all calls. We only analyzed marketing calls. So if there's that much data locked up in your marketing calls that can make a random dentist hundreds of thousands of dollars every year. Imagine mm -hmm. if you could get access to all of the data 
and AI could probably better manage and better optimize your business than you could do yourself. So, I would, I would like say guaranteed to. Yeah. There's no <laughs> emotions, objectionable, yes. just data driven completely. Exactly. Um, so that's where I said, you know, it'd be really cool to build out a brain in the cloud, one that can just help me do a lot more of the communications. And the reason we focus on marketing, sales, and customer service is from a business perspective, that's where the money comes from. Uh, and as I became an entrepreneur, I realized like those are the things that business people worry about. You know, you have to bring money in to save money, right? Yes, we need revenue in the business. So, That's what every business what, what is looking for. What better way to deploy an AI than to help you make more money? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a no-brainer, really. Yeah. And then proving that off the back of it. In terms of Yobi, when it started in 2019, roughly, but I'm sure the idea came mm -hmm. as you were sort of trickling through um, the gap. What did you do during the gap? Because I've said a successful ex exit. What was didn't, so didn't think actually, I'll retire forever. What, what did you do in the app? I did have a little bit of a gap, and uh, yeah. I became an investor, private, uh, like yeah. more in private equity, and yeah. that was actually really wonderful because I got to understand what holds private equity firms back. Uh, so private equity is trying to make things more efficient, right? Uh, you buy up a whole bunch of, let's say, dental offices, and you consolidate the management, mm -hmm. right? Uh, or you, you buy up car washes or ad agencies and you consolidate, you optimize, you improve, you grow. And uh, if you buy 10 businesses that are a million dollars each, now you have a $10 million business. Uh, mm -hmm. And if you do that times 10, now you have a $100 million business. Very different way of looking at growth. Mm -hmm. And I also experience where they have issues, right? Like uh, op optimizing is not an easy task. Uh, you have to bring some, bring in a business, you have to understand, you have to hire all these folks, right? And hopefully you're optimizing. Right? And because if you don't- yeah, you know, There's a lot, a lot of more failed rates be, than I see success rates. You hear about the people that buy businesses and then they destroy businesses and then the founder that sold them can buy them back at pennies on a dollar. So right. you hear these stories, <laughs> it's like, wow, it's not an easy task, no, because you're consolidating at scale as you continue to bring businesses in. So different cultures, different people, different learnings, different ways of doing things. Yeah, quite a complex absolutely pieces. and they're also right one of the problems uh, that i kept noticing across many businesses is marketing sales customer service right so if you give great customer service folks come back uh if you don't give customer great customer service you lose people right overall this isn't i haven't met a single business that wanted to give bad customer service so far right well, so no one wants to it just it just happens somehow i guess right uh so as I, as I stared at it, I was uh, at SRI for a little while, um, which is uh, as entrepreneur in residence for just a little, little bit. And I just like stared back and it just kept gnawing at me that, uh, yeah, sure, I built this cool thing, made money, you know, did all right, but what do you do next? Um, so, so despite the world being very much all about Bitcoin at the time and uh, uh, unlike some car counterparts, I actually know how to do cryptography and, you know, beyond, beyond just like crypto, everybody thinks crypto money, I think crypto algorithms, right? And I sat out the whole crypto boom, so, so, so to speak. And instead, I focused on AI because this was very obvious to me, like this is... Um, this a lot of reflection to a lot of people that look, compare, if they were to reflect, um, the value that 
crypto's bringing to the world compared to what AO can bring is very interesting if you compare and have a good look just general crypto is yeah. not really yeah. bringing any value yeah, it's to not bringing any value the it's casino people, if you hit the, yeah. the right number yeah. really the general crypto play is just a gambling mechanism of people just making money yeah the technology cost, costing money in is, the is great behind energy it. usage from the technology and what it could do but the energy and all the yeah the all the challenges behind it the and getting people onto the technology people look at ai the average person mum and dad on the street and they picked it up and using it Mm-hmm. The, it's very different to say about crypto people not not everyone's gone in learns about how to buy crypto how to invest what it looks like etc um, so yeah it's it's been an interesting sort of shift and now it's all blockchain has really been pushed to the side and it's all AI right now it's that's that's what it's been since pretty much ChatGPT launched till 3.5 came out yeah I think uh, it's uh, important to be aware of hypes because yes. Uh, I'm a little afraid of the hype around AI. Um, I, I personally am not a big hype guy. Uh, while hype is good, too much hype is bad because people are making irrational decisions. And often yeah. I've watched AI go through this cycle of people get really hyped. Do you remember the Watson days when Watson mm-hmm. was going to do everything? Yeah, it just fizzled out, didn't it? Pretty quickly. But it wasn't commoditized at that level. You had to be yeah. an engineer or someone at that very technical level right. to be able to use it. It's at a different point right now i think actually the ai has actually uh, the ai that i was working on before right and the transformers and all of this it from a technical perspective it's actually been really impressive it's just has not been adopted hasn't been rolled out so that's what i did was i rolled out a little bit of ai in a very specific way and i bootstrapped it um mm-hmm. so that potential hasn't even been tapped that's the reality and one of the reasons that potential didn't get tapped was they you know some folks oversold watson or oversold what ai could do and then once people were like oh my god this isn't the panacea for everything they just mm. threw the baby out with the bathwater, and we kind of tend to do that like in crypto there's a lot a lot of good technology and uh then there were folks that did not understand cryptography or right and it was just straight hype and whenever you have situations like that i think uh it creates uh, a problem doesn't it yeah it, it actually undermines the technology itself i personally believe uh it, now that crypto is no longer cool and back getting back to the really geeky folks and this was the first time i went to like a crypto conference because I think it's going to be AI that uses that technology. That technology is actually very hard to use. Uh, and if you had a synthetic agent and assistant, like I have, right, that you could speak with and you can say, hey, can you make a purchase for me? Can you do this? It can understand all the complications, that decentralization. A lot of those tech uh, stacks can now be used with the user interface being a synthetic agent instead of the phone that we're used to, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm sure if you're sufficiently old enough, you remember a day before phones, before iPhones even, right? And how quickly the world changed. Now now we take this for granted, right? I remember when if I had to speak with someone in Australia in my younger days, I'd have to be like, hello? Wait a second, we're gonna hear me. Yes, that three second delay. It's, so yeah. it's like you're yelling to them through the through the phone line. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I think, like with the crypto, it was because there was an opportunity to make money for like a lot of money for a lot of people. But like, if you probably query ninety nine percent of people who have done anything with it, they don't know crypto even stands for cryptography. 
<laughs> they wouldn't understand the underlying anything of it. It's just how quick can we make money? It's like the wild, wild west. Right. Whereas with the AI, while it is very hyped, there is real value being being given to people with it. And it's not just a quick buck. So everyone can probably get onto it a lot easier. Oh, I can save time writing a blog post. Half an hour every day is a lot of time for some people. Mm. Yeah, that's the that value is given right away. I think that's a big difference. You can perceive value quickly. Um, I agree with that. That's that's the major difference in the world of crypto, yeah. cryptography compared to that, especially for the mum and dad or anybody that's the, the normal person that's not technical. Um, the only thing they got out of crypto was potentially they made some money out of it or lost a lot well, of money too. Most, mostly lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Made a lot of money and then lost it on the way down. Yeah, that's the world of what it is. Let's not talk too much about that. Let's get into Yobi a little bit because we haven't touched upon it yet. And, um, so you started sort of thinking around sales, marketing and communications and customer service. Clearly important to every business. I think... Um, yeah, sales and marketing is is everything around business. You can be a great delivery, but if you don't know how to sell the market, then it becomes quite complicated to find customers. And if you're not servicing customers well, they disappear pretty quickly as well. So to solve that problem, where did it start for you? What are some of the things that you started thinking through? Uh, so the first thing I actually started thinking through is, you know, why is it that my friend who's a dentist, a very smart person, right? Why, why is it that they were making these silly decisions to, uh, and then I realized they're really busy, uh, folks who actually have a lot of money in their control, uh, they tend to be busy and they tend to not want to learn new things. Um, so whatever I built would have to be very, very easy. So we built, uh, and we, it would have to be able to get so easy that they would just download it ready to go and it should start giving them value right away. And this is 2019, mind you, right? Um, so I decided, okay, I'm gonna build a unified communications app. And that sounds really weird, but it's basically going to be like your phone, like I have my phone here and there's my Yobi right there. So my mom calls me on that one, my customers call me on this. So if I open that up, it brings all of my communication channels into one place and I can share that login with you. And like, as I go to sleep and you wake up, you can pick up right where I left off. Um, and there's internal note systems, but it looks really, really simple and really easy. And I wanted to make sure that business owners, uh, small business owners specifically would adopt it. So I put in my own money. I knew that venture folks would say, this is, this is insanity. You're going to build all this stuff out. Um, but this is something I felt very strongly about is that if I could get them to adopt it, connect their sales force to it, you know, connect other sources of data to it, uh, and then see value and mm. made it super easy, uh, that that's the key to getting to that market and taking that market. Um, and that's exactly what we did. We, we built the thing out the first few months, we got 300, uh, 300 signups. And uh, I remember talking to a very famous football player who's an investor uh, who goes, for your sake, I hope that was worth a million dollars. <laughs> it was like Wasn't very enough. crushing. It was very Tony, crushing. Tony, Tony, like, first... oh my God, for my, <laughs> you know, for my sake, I hope that was right too. Yeah. And then yeah. suddenly uh, one month it went from 300 to 1,000 customers, like 1,000 businesses signing up. Yeah, well, um, okay. And then like the next thousand and the next thousand. And then we, then I was like, yep, this is, this is becoming very serious. Uh, and mm -hmm. we hadn't done any marketing even till now. I, our marketing engine is still not on 
because we'd been experimenting and you know iterating on the product uh, and almost all of the customers uh, that we have uh, more than like 16,000 signups uh, businesses now have been purely organic uh, and we support all of those customers using Yobi so we eat, eat our own dog food what folks don't know is we only have two customer support people Two human customers. Sixteen thousand customers. Oh wow! Okay. Sixteen thousand businesses over twenty yeah. something uh, thousand. So businesses, how many users? Yeah, twenty seven thousand. Yeah. And you got two uh, customers of four people. Wow. Okay. So w we wanted to prove out that it actually works. So we use it on a pretty regular basis. Was mm -hmm. uh, a sad fact actually was uh, we wanted to make sure that it's sticky. Uh, we accidentally made a release over the ios app it was unauthorized that broke the app and uh you know it takes a day or two to roll out a fix beyond that i was livid i was like this is over you know we're we're, we're done yobi's done right i can't believe this happened and then you know my customer uh customer support folks calls me later on that day and says oh the customer is good I said how uh, you know we really was they switched to android Oh. <laughs> oh, so I just have to keep it going. Yep. I was like, good. I think I think we're building something useful here. <laughs> they switched oh, to definitely. Android. Wow. Okay. That's they, cool. They want, because it's the business, right? There's a lot yeah, of money operates. involved. There's a lot of communication. Yeah. And once people start using something, they learn yes. it. Oftentimes, money is not the problem. Mm. You know, oftentimes the problem is like, does this thing actually give me enough value? So we did fix, we did subsequently fix iOS and we put guardrails in place. So, yeah. you know, yeah. hotshot developers like myself can't just deploy the app. Yeah, you have to learn from those mistakes. <laughs> but yeah. that tells us there's a lot at that moment in time where you're thinking it's all over. And then all of a sudden you just got more validation than you could have ever imagined by that, yeah. that comment. Yeah. We're switching to Android. <laughs> wow, they're willing to switch to Android because of our product? That says a lot. And, and we haven't, so the AI clones, what we ultimately do is the uh, synthetic clones. And uh, like I mentioned, we eat our own dog food and this is my synthetic clone. It sounds like me. So if you follow me on LinkedIn or Twitter or anywhere else, and you wonder how Ahmed's like one of the most accessible CEOs in Silicon Valley, it's because most of the times you're talking to this guy. Talking to this hey guy. there, my name is Ahmed Reza and I am the founder of Yobi, an AI communication app for businesses and the co-founder of... So, this is Italian? I don't Ciao. speak Italian. Il mio nome è Ahmed Reza e sono il fondatore di Yobi, un'app di comunicazione basata sull'IA per le imprese, nonché il cofondatore di Trap. L'organizzazione no profit dedicata alla... You've got the marketing there from Brooklyn if you type it. As of recent. Hi, I'm Ahmed Reza. Ahmed Reza is the In terms of that, having that at your fingertips, what has that done for your business? So you mentioned you don't market, but how are you using that? Like so, in the real world, what are you doing with that particular voice? And how is that transpiring in the face of a customer or, or someone you're engaging with? So this I think is pretty this, this... hot off the press, but mm -hmm. one of the things yeah. that uh, one of the things that I did was I built my synthetic agent, and I'm happy to mm -hmm. give my phone number to and my Twitter and everything else to all of your viewers and listeners. Mm -hmm. um, I was speaking to a lot of investors in Silicon Valley, mm -hmm. and I realized this is very repetitive. Like if I was mm -hmm. really good, 
I wouldn't have them talk to my synthetic agent who can give them all of the details, right? Because the, they're usually asking you the same things. Well, it's Yobi and, you know, so I started doing that as I started letting my synthetic agent take over uh, pitches. And what we built is what we call the goal-oriented conversation engine. Um, we're working on a better name for that, you know, some cool, cooler name for it. But what it does is unlike a traditional L or not traditional, unlike a classic LLM, which can go off and hallucinate, it's a lot more constrained because mm -hmm. in businesses, it's a good idea to be constrained and to just talk about business. Mm -hmm. uh, you're in Australia. I don't know if an American number would work out there. But I can, oh, if you do plus one, it'll come it through. Does, yeah, we can connect. Yeah. Oh, so Definitely. if anybody's interested, you can text me at 402-698-3599. Again, like 402-698-3599. And my synthetic agent can do something I can't. It can talk to 700 people like at the exact same time. Um, the voice clone cloning that we have, we have not deployed that at all. Um, that one is a little bit slow. Um, but it can do podcasts. And I, so I you can have a podcast. Are we actually talking to you? I mean, we got a clone here. <laughs> Synthetic so video as well. A couple of completely AI generated podcasts. I sent it to my mom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're in AI, you know, just mm. being able to send your mom stuff is, for me, that was a really high bar because most of, most of my life, she had no idea what I was doing. So I sent that to her and she's like, when do you get time to do these podcasts, right? And I was like, mom, that's not me. <laughs> so she had no AI. idea. So that's, that's a good take. If mom doesn't know, yeah, you've done well. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the podcast it can do live real time conversations, we're still working on because uh, customer experience is extremely important. And if somebody says hello, and it feels like, you know, it feels worse than calling Australia in 1985, you know, uh, that's not going to be a great customer experience. If you still had those phone lines, though, it'd probably seem like a normal conversation with a delay, you wouldn't have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So on the phone, there's a little bit of a delay if there isn't a lot of background noise right now. Uh, and there are quite a few other companies that are, you know, racing ahead with this as well. But yeah, it doesn't take much to see this. This is real. This is here. It's already providing a lot of value for myself, you know, and creating posts, uh, essentially generated myself into a mini influencer before generative AI. Um, I didn't post a whole lot on LinkedIn or any, anywhere else. I'd post here and there. And then once generative AI started coming to fruition, so last year, middle of last year, um, when uh, Stipple AI started putting out their stuff and you know, there was a little bit of commotion on Dali. So I, I thought to myself, okay, let, let's try this thing out. You know, Let's fire up some GPUs and uh, there's gonna be an open source community around it. Uh, we were testing out Bloom, which was a large language model, which is an open source large language model. For the life of me, you couldn't figure out what it was saying. So you would say hi, and it would say these things. And eventually we realized it was either speaking French or German back. Because okay. it was trained on all the languages. Um, but yeah, knew that this was going to be big. The, the computer can speak, it can generate, generate uh, text. And uh, the first time my social media, like my LinkedIn, hit 100,000 impressions, I was like, wow, this is really impressive. I've never been able to achieve that myself. And then it's been doing that ever since. So my, I think just my LinkedIn posts have gotten um, over a million impressions. Well, wow. Something far, and, and the subjects are generated based on like 
things that I've trained it. It speaks in my voice, doesn't speak outside of domain, the domain of expertise that I have. So it's not misrepresenting me. Um, it's, it's really cool. And it's also really scary too, because the world yeah, that we live in is going to materially change here. And you're using it in the right way. Yeah. That's, I think the yeah. scary part is it, as soon as it goes, starts going the wrong way and people start imitating you. Or yep. along those lines, that's where it's going to get interesting. It's the reason why we didn't want to just take the tech and throw it out to everyone just for a quick buck. We have to understand what's the right way to use it. There's good ways to use technology and make money and bring prosperity for all. And there's bad ways to use technology and, uh, you know, accelerate scams. Yep. We're getting a lot of warnings here for scams where it's people are pretending to call the, it's a child mm -hmm. calling their parents saying they've lost their phone they need new money for a phone like that's a scam but it's doing clones off the voices as a phone call right i just spoke with my banker earlier today you know um and i, I i'm a pretty regular um you know target so whenever i have a new employee that comes on you know i tell them like make sure you check who the email is coming from who the text is coming from right um and today i called uh, one of the larger banks here i won't say their name uh one of the authentication mechanisms is voice. I was thinking to myself, like, you better throw oh, those wow. systems away. Yeah. <laughs> you better throw those systems away because if that's what's protecting, you know, if that's what's protecting our money, we're, we're going to be in trouble because that yeah. technology is not a future theoretical thing. It's here. And it's here it's now. Yeah, and it'll take them a long time to roll something out and test it probably to then change it and right. figure out how to counter those things. That's, that's the same thing here. We've got our um, tax department in Oz, it's voice, our bank's voice, everything's voice. You've got the ability to send money greater than with voice detection. So yeah, it's going to become a big issue pretty quickly, you would think, with the type of technology you're talking about. People get access to someone's voice. Give them, if you ring someone, have a conversation with them, you can potentially build a clone from it. That becomes quite scary. Well, I think uh, what I read a couple of weeks ago is Meta has a model that can clone someone's voice and they state it's only two seconds of audio that they need to accurately clone the voice. So you wouldn't need, all you needed them to say hello and who's this, what are you doing? And that's probably enough. Yeah, and you're done. Right. For certain kinds of voices, yes. Yeah. You know, there's a little yes. bit of exaggeration there. Because, I'm uh, sure there would be. <laughs> there always is. There's a bit there's of, a little bit of exaggeration. selling on that. Uh, it can do that, but if you have, uh, if you have, just a you know a conversation like this one it's surprisingly easy to clone voices from high quality audio um my my big solution for that is really just to lean into people's inner goodness um like being a hacker from the 90s i know what you could do i know what you could do if you just knew how to if you just thought about it for a second the entire world wide web ran on http not S, HTTP. So if you had things like Wireshark, and of course, being a punk teenager, you know, hacking was the first thing you do. Uh, and a lot of punk teenagers did that. And they didn't destroy institutions. They didn't destroy the world. They didn't destroy banks. Primarily because people, I believe, are inherently good. And technologists especially, the geeks, you know, we often do things just to show off to other geeks and talk about, hey, wasn't that cool, right? Um, at the end of the day, I think we all want to be happy. Um, most technologists, actually almost all technologists that I've met get into the field to help 
make the world a better place because of their own curiosity, right? And uh, happiness is very closely tied to it. So our humanity is what I'm betting on that helps save us from some of the really horrible ramifications of what you can do with AI. Um, and so far, we've seen some of the ramifications, like we have these algorithms on social media that can get us addicted to the phone or uh, whatnot. And a lot of that was unforeseen. But now that we know that, now that we know hey, human beings have shortcomings, like you hit us with enough dopamine, we will keep paying attention to that those moving lights. And if we do that and are short-sighted and just about profits and that's it, we are going to kill ourselves. We are going to destroy ourselves. Maybe not as dramatically as Terminator, but maybe as, you know, foolishly as like mass mental illness, which is starting to happen. You're starting to see some of those things. And I don't think anybody really meant to do that. Uh, or if they'd known, they would have done things differently. So as we stand on the precipice of, AI, you know, the age of AI, I've been speaking to a lot of fellow technologists and asking them to learn more about uh, you know, philosophy and about uh, the world, because early on, I simply didn't recognize or realize how powerful the technology that I was working on was. It was just cool. Now I look back and I go, okay, this is insanely powerful. It is undeniable how powerful it is. And as a technologist, I do have more a moral obligation to my fellow man uh, to make sure I build things that are good. And uh, there were physicists that built, uh, Oppenheimer just came out, right? Physicists built bombs, but like every physics PhD that you meet probably does not strike you. as like, oh my God, this guy's going to kill me, right? You're like, oh, what a geek. <laughs> for them, it's just the science and the experimentation and that just right. see well if it takes, right? frontier yeah. of unknown. Yeah. Yeah, but like that's not what physicists do, right? Physicists do physics and if you go to any random physics department and you're like hey i need to build a bomb they'll call the cops on you and you'll be you'll no longer yes. be welcome there right thank god <laughs> thank god for that right uh and same uh, i think that's the same for practitioners in ai in the computing space like there's defcon there's hackers and there's ways to be an ethical hacker yes there's some unethical ones and it's caused by economic uh you know economic issues and whatnot but this one is really big this one is really big it's beyond economics uh so i think as you work on artificial intelligence um, it's really important to make sure you bring your humanity to the table so i don't think humans are out of the out of the game or out of the loop by any means jobs change significantly but these things are you know they can write papers they can do all of these other things but they're just like your self-driving car right uh i mean i'll be I'll be scared when your Tesla goes for a drive by itself, just for the heck of it, <laughs> right? Yes, yeah, there's a human ready. behind it. It's all, at least watching it is, is going to be needed <laughs> for right. quite a while. Yeah, <laughs> agree. Back to Yobi for a moment. What's what's your vision? What's your goal? Where do you want to be with Yobi? So. What we're hoping to build is a future where we power entrepreneurs, because I feel like that's uh, the entrepreneurial spirit is very core to not just the American dream, but probably in Australia and in Ghana, all over the world where people want to, uh, you know, create more prosperity. Uh, and what you notice is these entrepreneurs, uh, these business folks, right? They're the ones that are often volunteering, that are feeding, that are, you know, moving the world forward. And if we can use artificial intelligence to power them, uh, 
in ways where it's currently draining, like you're having the same conversation a million times. A salesperson genuinely does want to speak with you, but wants to have a deeper conversation. Maybe one like this, where, you know, get to share a laugh and share an experience that enriches our lives a little bit more than just regurgitating the same thing you've said a million times, right? So being able to power people to do more with their lives, uh, especially in the context of business, which is something that we understand well, uh, that personally has been a dream of mine and for the Yobi team uh, of bringing AI to the world that can help create more like think about construction equi equipment when it first came about you know you no longer have to dig ditches you could be worried that you know oh my god what am i going to do with a shovel and these powerful arms well now you have a backhoe and you have the all this uh stuff you can now terraform and you can create skyscrapers so we can't That's, wait to yeah. power the human Change. that will create yeah. the skyscrapers scrapers right these future cities that hopefully will be full of abundance and happier humans. It changes the landscape. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for the pun, but <laughs> yeah, that's what it does. Oh, it gives us an ability to do more than we ever could have done. And I think people get lost in that because we look at where we are today and people are, yeah, there are people out there concerned about their jobs and people are losing jobs in some aspects and bits and pieces. And you hear a bit about marketing and that copy area that's getting hit um, right now. But in reality, we're going to be able to do a lot more than we've ever done and what we ever could imagine. 200 years ago, no one could imagine a skyscraper mm -hmm. up in the sky, 500 metres up, whatever it might be. So there was no real imagination of that. But what's possible in the next 100 years? We probably can't even imagine that right now. So as technology evolves, our thinking and our ideas evolve with it. And you'll see that with AI again, and then we'll evolve to something bigger and hopefully better. Um, I think as a, as a world, we sometimes can go in, in weird sort of places. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the output is after, over the next 10 years, because there'll be significant change in terms of what we do on a daily basis, guaranteed. Absolutely. <laughs> It's been a pleasure joining us on, on the Dev Podcast. Really great to meet you. Um, I mean, learn a bit about Yobi. If anyone wants to learn a bit more, probably call that number and you get a sales pitch from uh, <laughs> your clone. I think yeah. that'll be quite an interesting effort. I'm going to do that myself and just might put it on uh, LinkedIn after we follow this uh, episode because I think it'll be a bit of fun uh, to see what I actually get from it. But um, yeah, I'll, let's stay connected. Really, we'd love to hear about your experience. Are you doing much in Oz or is it basically focused in the US, got any clients globally? Or where are, where's it going, the product so far? So I, I look at the world a little bit more globally around this yeah. because, uh, mm. you know, we probably watch very similar shows. I just brought up Oppenheimer and you weren't like, what? What's that? Yeah. Oh, no, right? came out last week. Everything's yeah. very similar here now. Yeah. It's not <laughs> three, four months later. So you'd be surprised. You could go to Algeria or you could go to Turkey. I mm. bet you they're watching the same things, right? There's a lot yeah. of the same. And the markets to me are a lot more homogenous uh, and a lot more globalized than they have been before. So, um, plus Australia has something uh, really interesting. Um, it's superannuation, right? They call it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the but, savings account. Yeah, it's proportionately <laughs> large percentage of you are millionaires. So, <laughs> in retirement, yeah. in retirement. AI investor yeah. seekers are coming. I guess I should get on a plane and go, get down there <laughs> to the right Melbourne this time because I used to be in Melbourne, Florida, and I, you know, everybody thought I was in Australia. <laughs> 
<laughs> Wrong if you place. say Melbourne, yeah, they would, but, <laughs> especially uh, talking globally. I expect a lot of innovation to actually even come out from uh, from down under, because number one, you guys have money, you have a insane amounts of talent, and uh, in a world that's a lot more connected, with the, where the markets are more global. Uh, if the governments are open enough to allow that trade and to not over-regulate, but keep a very, very close eye on it. Uh, I think we come out, all of us come out better, more connected. Yeah, agree. Couldn't agree more. Uh, really, thank you for joining us on the Dead Podcast. Stay in touch, but in another six months, 12 months, to reconnect, see how things are going in the world of you and, just, and with you too. It's more, more about the founder. Um, what, I've got one more question for you. Um, what still gets you up in the morning? Because I can see tech excites you. Um, what, what, what's the value that you get getting up in the morning? What is it for you? I haven't asked that question. Oh, I, I wake up super early. I wake up like 4, 4 a.m. my time. Oh, you're a 4, I, 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah, and, and I can't wait to like get up and I feel very privileged to be able to do what I do. And this is something I learned very early on. Um, one of my mentors, Mike Milken, uh, he's uh, he's done very well for himself and is a, you know, is a big force in the world. And I was very fortunate to be a recipient of the Milken Scholarship and some mentorship. And what he taught me early on is uh, it's not about how wealthy you are. We just think, hey, if you're here, 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 we think very linearly. So no, you get some some level of wealth beyond which you no longer have to work, but you get to choose how to how do you live and what would you do? And he asked me, he said, how would you live and what would you do? And if you're too extravagant, that number is going to be higher. That freedom number is going to be higher and higher. And if you're not very extravagant, you're going to be freer earlier in life because the only truly scarce commodity is time. You will die, right? Yes, we all will. <laughs> so every morning, if you get to wake up and do the things that you love to do and live in a way that yeah, you would not regret living, uh, to me, that's a huge blessing. I live in Silicon Valley. Uh, I get to meet amazing people, travel around the world, but not just for leisure. Like, I'm, I love working. You know, it's like playing video games or playing Legos. You know, I can't believe that I get to do this and people value this, right? Um, and seeing it come to fruition, seeing my technology being used by folks. So when I fly in an aircraft, you know, uh, I was in the travel industry, so Wi-Fi in the air, like, it fascinates me. Or when you get boarding passes in America, most of the boarding passes uh, uh, were C++ code that I wrote for a startup, uh, a few startups back, right? Oh, well. So just seeing this technology, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Going, wow, this is so cool. I can't believe I get to do this. Uh, so that's what wakes me up every morning is uh, being able to, you know, live meaningfully. Mm. Oh, brilliant. Uh, I think you see you really love what you're doing, passionate about what you're doing. And um, it's going to be a, probably a little bit of a wild ride over the next few years, the world of AI. And um, I'm sure you're going to have a lot more fun and enjoyment in the space. So thanks again for joining us on the Ready Podcast. Really been a pleasure. Um, we've, we've gone a little bit longer than we, we normally would. But, yeah, it's been a really great conversation. So really enjoyed your time. So really nice to meet too. Yeah, thank, you. thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. You too.